episode uh, 56 of Be Made a Sick Bay. I'm Mary, your host. I'm here with McFreeze. That's true. That's true. That's and Hayes. Hi, I'm Hayes. You may remember him from previous episodes of Be Me to Sick Bay. I'm on episodes one through what, what would be the one previous? To 50, Fifty-five. This is fifty-six. I just said it. One through fifty-five episodes on Be Me to Sick Bay. I had to. Um, I always have to save my uh, my show note files with a name so that I remember what episode it is because I don't write down what fucking episode it is. It's like <laughs> oh four five six show notes dot text. So oh, I can look up that and my. be like, oh, it's episode 56, yeah. All my notes have the number on them. Hey, 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 hey. This episode hey. should have been good. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, and the, the thing is, it starts like it's trying to, like, you, you're like, okay, well, let's see where it's just going. This could be interesting. And then it just fucking clown I, show. I, I, I think even from, like, minute one, it doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Vash just shows up and Picard is just like, hey. oh, you're here. That's great. Let's sit around and talk and let's make out. What the fuck is happening? I mean, they left on good terms. No, but she just shows up on the ship. He would fucking yeah, know. Like Q. Yeah, I mean, but she. Whoa, they're the same he, person. He wants to fuck her, though, so it works but out. He would be. He's still like the captain of the ship. You would be like. How did this person get onto my vessel? I have a log. You them how? Well, yeah, because they had that conference. The no, there's an archaeological conference, and she just came along for that. And so he's like, oh, you're part of the archaeological council, right? And she's like, yeah, basically. <laughs> he just looks at her like, uh, okay. Okay. You know, this made me think of how they keep making Robin Hood movies because it's in the public domain, and no one wants to see them at all, and they just keep making them. I yeah, think the, was there's all right. been like there's been like two Robin Hood movies that people liked out of the hundreds of them. Yeah, the furry one, and then the uh, Carrie Always one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. If, the, if anything, this episode has proven to me that Ren Fair has ruined everything. <laughs> wow. I don't think that's fair to Ren Fair. So I'd much rather go to a Ren Fair than watch this episode. <laughs> At least then I could we... actually eat the chicken or the turkey yeah. leg. This episode didn't even have the cleavage contest. Come I don't on. think I don't think the Renaissance Festival here has a cleavage contest, uh, but maybe I've just never gone to see. Maybe it. I should start going to Ren Fair. Hold on. <laughs> no, have you seen? Um, there was there's that old post where like it was like cleavage contest at four p.m. nine eleven memorial at four thirty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. That's good though. That does sound like a Renaissance Fair. No, they do a pretty good one here. McFreeze, you, uh, you were talking about taking another trip out to Denver, right? If you do that this summer, we could go see it. Mm-hmm. What Finally, a... Finally you, you could go to the cleavage contest. Yay! I don't think they have it there. We'll have to oh. petition them. Yeah, we'll have to just start our own. <laughs> I guess. Mm. Uh, let's With move on. Jack. Um. Yeah, this episode... I. I don't know. There, there. You should be able to make a good episode out of a Q episode. Even in season one, where you guys were like, "Ah, oh, these Q episodes aren't great," um, I still really, really enjoyed them. They made mm-hmm. Q boring in this episode somehow. The yeah. the, the saving gra- grace throughout this episode, and he only had a few spots to shine. Was of course my dude Worf, who every time oh he spoke God. or did anything immaculate content 
perfect. He was he was absolutely the highlight. I, there's one point where I had to pause the episode and just laugh for a minute after that joke that he made, and it was just like, oh my god. The Michael Dorn is delivering on all fronts here. Like, holy shit. The nice legs comment too is just like <laughs> <laughs> What do we have a different writer on this one? <laughs> Yeah, just Worf. Just Worf got his own writing. No, and I, I read a note too about um it was actually John Delancey wanted them to make the character of Q more like uh evil again, you know, after he was kind of a comic relief in Deja Q last season. Um and that was a bad play, I think. Because Deja Q, I'm gonna say best Q episode. He didn't even like come off as evil here. No. He just came off as like arbitrary almost. <laughs> just kind of doing stuff. I've got a new adventure for you, Picard. This is like you made a holoduck episode, but worse. You know, yeah, that's what this episode no, is. I, at one point, I was just, I was just thinking this is just a holodeck episode, but dumber. Yeah, it's much, much dumber. You know, the holodeck episodes we've had have actually been pretty decent, mostly. Remember the Sherlock Holmes one? That was great. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um... Uh, there's really i well, well well mark why don't you you lead us off here let's, okay let's, let's let's get this over with <laughs> <laughs> let's just fucking go uh okay so this episode we're talking about by the way which i don't think we've actually said is cupid uh this was episode uh season four episode 20 nice mm-hmm. nice 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 <laughs> i don't get it oh uh, well, it's because it's the weed episode no well no, it's not the 93rd. I did look. I was like, whoa, I if it was the 69th episode, that would be amazing. I don't no. smoke weed, so... <clears throat> you should try it. It's fun. Anyway, this was first aired on April 22nd, 1991. Uh, the teleplay was by Ira Stephen Bear, and it was the story was by Randy Russell and Ira Stephen Bear. It's directed by Cliff Bowl, and the in-universe date is 447.9, so you're 2367. And this is the one where we get Q and also Vosh comes back and then um we all play Robin Hood for a few minutes. Yay. That's, That's a great episode. It's I mean it's just a, you know, Hayes it was just a bunch of right. stuff that happened. Hayes is absolutely right because like not only do you have Q here, which you should be able to make a good Q episode, you know, and they don't actually. There's a follow-up to this episode in DS9 that's also awful, but whatever. Um, you should be able to make a good Q episode. And also Vosh is a great character too, and she brings really not much to this. Like she's she's they just didn't do her right, you know? I don't know. What is yeah. what does she do? She just gets huffy with Picard and kisses Picard. I think it's Huffy. I think she it's... eats hot chips and lies. She she impresses Q. She impresses Q. I guess. I guess they're. I don't know. She didn't really do anything this episode. She was there. She was a damsel. She was a damsel. She was wearing this dress. <laughs> I was. Ooh. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I enjoyed this. I was enjoying this episode somewhat more before Q showed up and then created yeah, a Robin Hood thing. That's what I'm saying because you're like, oh, Vash is here maybe it's going to go somewhere and, and it's just like, uh And you know, even when Q shows up, you're like, oh, what's Q going to do here? Q could do something interesting, but no, he fucking doesn't. This is Q's lamest idea ever. Crusher is, effect- is effectively written out of the story midway through also. <laughs> um, she just shows up to hit a dude with a pot at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not. It's I mean, not she was great. never really a part of the story that much, though. She was just there to embarrass Picard. At, at least she's like an angle you could work with in terms of, you know, this is about Picard's interpersonal affairs and such. 
Like, yeah. No, you're right. Like a love triangle episode between the three of them would have been great. Yeah, that could that could have been that could have been an episode instead of whatever this was. Yeah, they <laughs> they should have they could have like been gossiping about uh, Picard's dick or whatever. It would have been good. This could oh. have been the episode where Doctor Crusher finally realizes her feelings for Picard because she has the competition to Vosh. But no, it's just some bullshit. I, I yeah, I thought at one point I thought this episode is going to be about. Um, uh, Crusher and Vosh just kind of going out on their own, just talking about Picard, which you know would have been something they could have gone over, like they could have revealed different sides of Picard neither of them really knew or something. I don't know, I don't know, something, something they could have done anything else, and this is what they decided to do. But the cast had fun making it, so <laughs> that's I, that's what matters. And, and again, like a very, really silly episode like this, you could still do and have it work, it's just they didn't. What did they do after they went into the Robin Hood world? They stood around. Picard went to a castle. He gets caught, and then then it ends. Yeah, it's there just was weak. Uh, um, the the sword uh, horse. There was mm-hmm. two horses. There was a sword horse. They there blew the horse big, budget. There was, they got a big guy to be the executioner. He was very large. I enjoyed I, that guy. I didn't notice him. You're, you're so good at spotting the big guys, McFreeze. <laughs> I didn't so even big. notice him. He was very big and hairy. <laughs> I was like, wow, they really had big guys back then, huh? Yeah, this What's is definitely... This, where's uh, this guy working out? This is the library? The period accurate. He took them back to the fucking 12th century instead of a... Uh, I think he took him into a movie set. I think that's what he did. <laughs> Oh, so let's let's start talking about this episode. First, I want to note that the in the remaster, I assume this was not in the original, but you can see in this opening shot where the Enterprise is hovering above a planet, you can see the clouds moving on the planet. And I thought that was a nice little detail. Now, is that a remastered only exclusive or? I, I imagine it has to be. I don't know. Mm. There's no notes mm. in this memory alpha about it. And we're just watching the remasters here. So if you know, email us at bmedicsickpage.gmail.com. Maybe but, they uh, painted it uh, movingly. Mm, yeah, right? yeah. It's a magic yeah. eye thing. I see, I see. So the Enterprise is going to be hosting uh, the archaeological conference above Targus 3. And uh, Picard's given a big speech about all his research into Targus 3, which you can't go to because it's off limits. Uh, so he's like working on his speech late at night. And Troy goes to check on him and reassure him. Like, oh, your speech is great. You know, you just need to get some rest. And... And he's like, oh, I don't want to embarrass myself in front of them. They're, they're all the greatest minds of the Federation, and I'm just an enthusiastic amateur. That's what he says, amateur. Um, yeah, and then Troy says amateur as well. Why, mm-hmm. was, why was he selected? Because he's the Enterprise. He volunteered? I don't know. Because Maybe. he's the star of this show. Yeah, that's basically it. They don't really go into that, do they? We just we know they, Picard is into archaeology, so they maybe don't, he just submitted a paper. But he also, they don't go into a lot of things. Qualified for this, and so why was it's very confusing. Everyone just, wants to see Picard. They just wanted to hear the nice story about the enthusiastic amateur. But um, Picard finally goes back to his room, still reading his speech, like going over it for the next day. You know, it's late at night, lights are all dimmed, and he sees the uh, what is this thing called? The Horgon from Ryza 
on his coffee table with like a fucking pin light on it. <laughs> like how oh, there's yeah. a spotlight on this fucking horgon. But he's like, all oh, right, the horgon from when I had sex. Remember he looks that. And he's smiling. And then oh, who is in his room? But Vosh. She's like, oh, remember that? Remember me? And um, he's so happy to see her. And they give a passionate kiss. And then the, the, the show opens. That was all the cold open. We did it. She said, uh, she said, he's like, hey, how'd you get in here? I came in through the window. What if, wah, you, missed, what if you missed the Picard Shoreleave episode? You'd be so confused right now. It's true. They that's need to previously they, on. Previously that's why on they previously on all of it during the episode. <laughs> I don't think TNG didn't really do that except for the two-parter episodes, though. So, I mean, they kind of explain what happened well enough. Yeah, they do. They do. It's they it's, really like go into. You didn't tell him about how we met on Ryza and how we had an adventure. <laughs> no. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, so after they're done smooching, he's immediately suspicious of her motives. Which and I, I say after because, like I said, the show opens. They play play the opening of the show. Um, if you'll notice, the lights are now up and they're like having breakfast. So. I will let you, the listener, fill in the imagination details of what happened between then and now. But uh, they're both still dressed, so I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, maybe they were watching TV. Maybe. I can't believe Mark is implying that Picard is an easy lay like this. He just wants to bang Vash, man. That's his flame. <laughs> that's, his, that's his girlfriend. Uh, but um, she's he's like, so, so seriously, what are you doing here? You're on the archaeology council, right? And she's like, yeah, you could say that. And he's just kind of glosses over it like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But she's like, but uh, mostly I'm here to see you, silly. And he's like, yeah, right above Targus 3, huh? She's like, yeah, I miss you. Uh, but someone rings the doorbell and you see Picard's face just be like, oh, shit, oh, shit, somebody's going to see this. <laughs> and he, he opens the door and it's Dr. Beverly. Yay. Uh, uh, Dr. Beverly. Yeah, that's it. What is Dr. Beverly wearing, you guys? wearing a very nice big sweater it looks so comfy yeah it was, a, it was a very nice big old sweater it is but why is it dr blue like she can wear other colors that's allowed that's her, it's her it goes it, with her hair it's her brand are you gonna are you gonna deny her her brand i guess not i just yeah. think it's it's good too that she's got a giant sweater because wesley's gone now and we don't have any more giant sweater wearers but wesley's mother has one so they're bringing it together i like the color of the shirt it's nice color it is but she's allowed to wear you know what would look really good with her red hair a green sweater hear me out Nah, a green sweater i'm telling you i'm telling you Mm, that doesn't make any sense Mm. okay okay what about this mcfreeze what about a green sweater but she's wearing a blue doctor's coat over it Hmm. no that would clash i wouldn't i don't like that what if um to go with this green sweater, she was in faraway Ireland a long time ago. No, we're moving on. <laughs> we're quickly moving forward. Why do you got to bring up future bad episodes when we're already talking about a bad episode? So confused. Don't worry. This one huh? is much less bad. That's true. This one's watchable. I'm so excited for Ace to see that fucking episode. I don't know what we're talking seven. about, but I'm excited. That's right. You shouldn't be. Oh, Lord, you shouldn't be. Uh, so, um, Picard has his awkward introduction of like, oh, this is, uh, this is Dr. Beverly. I mean, this is Dr. Beverly Crusher. And this is, uh, this is Vosh, who does not have a last name. She's just Vosh. 
and, and Crusher's just like, oh, uh, who the hell are you? And um, it, it comes up that they met on Ryza. And she's just like, oh. And also, why is her face so out of focus in this scene? I did not notice this. You didn't notice I that? Didn't Dr. Crusher's this. face was super out of focus every time the camera's on her. It was like how they had Vaseline smeared on the camera or something. It was weird. Um, but Picard's super like, like uh, I don't really want to talk about this and awkward. And, um, and Bosch is kind of just like, oh, I'm surprised that uh, he didn't tell me about you uh, or tell you about me because uh he told me all about you like apparently at some point during that episode where vosh was there uh picard was just sharing all his stuff yeah he was talking about all of his friends it all happened when they were digging up that thing for hours that's true they could he could have done that and also they were like camping the night before too they had plenty of time i guess to do it off screen it just yeah they did it's It seems uncharacteristic of him, though, to like delve into he, those kind of Picard details. is the biggest gossip in the world. He's fucking not, dude. Like, you can tell <laughs> in this whole episode where Vosh is going around the ship, like, wow, you didn't know about me either? What the fuck? Well, he doesn't it's gossip not very, about uh, himself. That not wouldn't. captainly to, to reveal my feelings, you see. This shit, that's bullshit. First bullshit. of all, he's never said this before. <laughs> He does a lot of uncharacteristic things in this episode because this episode's written kind of bad. Um, so it comes up and I like awkwardly uh, Vosh asks uh, Crusher to show her around the ship. Like I, for some reason, just to, I guess, get him out of there to get the story moving. But uh, they do that. She, she's like, oh, I'd be happy to. And um, like gives Picard a hard time about it. But uh, they they arrive at ten forward where we see Riker sitting at the bar and immediately he goes oh wooga <laughs> his eyes <laughs> pop out of his head at Vosh walking in. Now this and... is how you write an episode. <laughs> <laughs> and Doctor Crusher walks away to get them drinks and Riker comes up to flirt with her and she's like seeing right through him immediately and um and he's like oh I, infinity never looked so beautiful or something like that and, and she's, <laughs> she's like next you're gonna say you see the stars in my eyes and, and he's like oh are you betazoid because <laughs> apparently <laughs> that was exactly what he was gonna say and, and she's like no jean-luc just does a very good impression of you so again i cannot imagine picard sitting around like oh Riker, he's picard. always with the girls he says this the thing is that picard is doing constantly doing impressions of people all the time he's he well never known stops. for it yeah he's all, he, he does a great um rodney got, dangerfield do you guys want to hear Riker's top 20 pickup lines here i go <laughs> <laughs> um but uh vosh also learns that Riker never um heard of her either like picard hasn't mentioned mentioned her to him either and he's just she's just like huh that's so weird but um, Crusher, who's come back and has introduced them, is, you know, this is a friend of John Luke's. They met on Ryza. Ooh. Uh, she gets called away to the sick bay and asks Riker to continue the tour for Vosh. And so they end up on the bridge. And we see Worf just like bristling, like, hey, there's somebody on the bridge. Who the fuck? Who the fuck said they could be on the bridge? Because, again, Worf is the only one who gives a shit about any of this crap. <laughs> He's the only one with a brain on he his He really head. is. Like, Picard sometimes gives, like, he often gives a crap, but also sometimes he just gives up. Worf is always there. He's the number one officer here. Yeah, he's like, wait, I didn't think any of the council members were cleared for the bridge. What the hell? And he's like, oh, it's all right. It's it's a friend of Captain Picard's. 
And um, he's like, well, I guess that's okay then. And she's like, oh, is that Jean-Luc's chair? And she like skips down there and sits in it and brings her legs up. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just staring like, oh. Uh. This is like and the best part of the episode, honestly. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, Picard walks in and he's just looks at her like defeated, like looks at his crew, looks at her like, oh, I can't really say anything here. This is awkward. Um, but uh, they flirt a little bit. She gets up and she's like, I'm going to go get ready for the reception then. Just to go put on her earring necklace. <laughs> I'm laughing about that in advance because it's so fucking stupid. She wears the same outfit. She says she goes to get ready for the reception, but apparently they blew the whole costume budget on this Robin Hood shit. So she just wears the same <laughs> dress. And then she shows up to the reception with this, like, imagine really long earrings, right? Mm-hmm. With, like all these pendants. And they just like keep going down 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 and connect as a necklace in front that looks so painful i don't know if either of you guys have pierced ears but really heavy shit in your ears like that hurts well some people have a dedication for fashion i guess (laughs) but i feel like do you get that caught on something and it would just rip your ears out yeah that's that's why i've never considered getting uh my ears pierced for anything ever just the idea of anything ever getting caught on my ears is terrifying to me (laughs) Oh, it's, I mean, if you get like a stud or something, nothing's ever going to get caught on there. And even if it does, all it does is like tug at it a little. Like really, if somebody pulled on that necklace, all it would do is pop out of her ears. It wouldn't pull her ears off. Ow, ow, ow. It doesn't hurt. Ow, ow, ow. Your earlobes don't even hurt, really. I'm being lied to. Not a lot. No, I mean, it hurts a little bit, but like once they heal, you don't really feel it. It's like just pulling on your ear. Like just tug on your earlobe and see if that hurts. I just don't want any holes. I, I've got enough holes. Well, I'm not tugging on my earlobe. I'm putting a fucking pin through it and then dragging it the the like the bare flesh inside across something if it ever gets pulled on. It's scarred up. Like it's healed out. It's it's not I don't like it. It's not like an open wound taste. <laughs> it's just it's gonna detach like uh you know, like a cat's collar breaks off. You know, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, pretty much every earring is like that. There are some earrings that are a little more sturdy and those ones you don't want to fuck with. Uh, like some hoop earrings will connect real tight in the back. And then um, I saw some movie years and fucking years ago when I was a little kid. But it's like one of those things that just horrifies you for life because there was a scene where like two girls are fighting and one starts to fall off a cliff and the other just grabs her earring and it pulls her ear off. What? Yeah, see, you see, this is... <laughs> That's not what you grab. Maybe she was trying to hurt her. I don't remember. I was like eight. I don't remember. (laughs) But it was uh, it was a little horrifying for me. But I still have five ear piercings. So yeah, the one I remember was when the movie Volcano was on, which is when a volcano comes out of Los Angeles, and one Mm -hmm. guy's like, "I'm gonna jump over this." He's in the back of a bus or something. It's like. I'm going to jump over the lava and escape. And he does not make it over the lava. And he goes, oh, no. And he starts just like (laughs) sinking down as his feet melt away. I would scream hysterically. I didn't like that. Did he scream hysterically? Because I feel like you would if you fell in lava. He was not happy about it. I mean, until at least like for the minute before your lungs are just fried. That would, it's a terrible way to die. Do you hear about those people? We really got off, off course here just talking about horrific things. But like uh, there was a guy that like there's these people that, that will go to hot springs, just like find a random hot spring somewhere that's not an official hot spring and just like mm-hmm. 
dunk into it, you know, for fun funsies. And there was this guy that went into one that was uh, way too fucking hot, and he that's how he died. He boiled himself alive in this hot spring. Are you talking about the Yellowstone uh, mm-hmm. hot spring stuff? Okay, so yeah. whenever you go to Yellowstone, they really don't want you to jump, jump into the hot springs. And to help encourage that, they t- they are more than willing to share stories of people that have, in fact, perished in a hot spring. There's ones where, like, like yeah, like a, a, a guy's dog will jump into the hot spring, and the guy will jump in after it, and he tries to save his dog, can't save his dog. Whenever uh, he tries to climb back out of the hot spring, they can't save him because every time he brings his hand back up, whenever they try to pull him up, they notice something is sliding off like a glove. It's oh. his skin no. just peeling no. off too fast. Oh, no. I'm sorry to our listeners. I'm sorry. We went too far. We hit the limit. There's other stories I can share also. No, thank you. We're good. Then burned into my memory for reasons <laughs> yeah. you can imagine. Burned I bet off. you're never going to go into a hot spring that's not no. like an official. Never, ever. <laughs> this hot spring has not been sanctioned by the hot springs board. They're dangerous. That's why you don't just, I, I figure they call this it is, cooling uh, or whatever. This is why saunas have uh, warnings on them. You can't do this to yourself in a sauna. The other thing about those hot springs, too, is that they're not, it's not just that they're super hot. They also are super acidic. So you will just literally melt. Like you don't go, don't go into hot springs. But it's medicinal melting. Mm. They Only say the all the chemicals, you know, the chemicals are restorative, they say. That's, that's what they say. Anyway, let's get to this reception. We got a reception to go to. We got a. Uh, all this archaeological council people. Um, so at the reception, Vash is learning also that Counselor Troy does not know of her. And she's just like, man, really? Not even you? Isn't he supposed to confide in you as the captain? And uh, she's like, well, when he feels like he needs to, but he's a very private man, you have to understand. And she's just like, oh, excuse me for a minute. And so she walks by uh, a poor Jordy and Data are standing there having their drinks and they walk by and Worf like looks back at her as she's walking by and just says, nice legs. <laughs> you are. Troy yeah. walks up too and he looks at her and he's just like, uh, for, for a human. <laughs> like, okay, that Good makes save, it much better, bro. Worf. This is Good why save. there was that one sentence in Memory Alpha that says, this episode was accused of sexism. Uh, was that why? I, I think there know. are many reasons. <laughs> there could be many reasons, but that's definitely one of them. Uh, she does have nice legs though. Yeah, that, yeah. he's just being nice. For a human. She's wearing uh like black pantyhose, and that's always a good look. I don't know. So I thought uh, they were nice. She pulls Picard away from a conversation to tell him privately, like, what the hell? You haven't told any of your friends about me. And he's just like, uh, er, tugging at his collar, like, uh, well, you see, the thing is, and she's like, What is it? Do I embarrass you? Are you just embarrassed that I'm here? And he's like, Ah, geez, ah heck. Should have just um, said yes. Said, <laughs> yes, uh, I am uh, uh, due to uh, fraternization. I'm not uh, allowed to have friends. These are uh, my subordinates, so I, uh, these are not my friends. I not mean, really. Technically, just, I, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. that's that's technically true. Is the thing? I don't know. I he could probably still tell them about his girlfriend that he met on Riza. <laughs> Um, so we see next Picard storming through the bridge. Riker's just like, "Oh, how was the reception?" He's like, "Splendid." Stomps into his ready room to find Q there. Yay! We love Q. Q. I love. What Q. are you doing here? The episode's only up from here. 
Um, so I mean, it's cute. Like, it should be up from here. It should be, but it ain't. <laughs> Spoilers. It's not. Uh, so Q says uh, that he's here because he has a debt to repay to Picard. They do their typical banter, by the way. I didn't write down a lot of it because it's the same kind of stuff. A lot of this episode, uh, honestly, feels like it was AI generated. <laughs> I <laughs> you like know what the, I mean? It, there was a good one where he's like, hey, remember that last episode? I would have taken my own life if not for you. And Picard's like, well, we all make mistakes. That's pretty <laughs> no, good. That was, I did like that one. Picard's so good at nagging Q. It's cute. Um, so... <laughs> So he's like, well, I'm here to repay the debt and I can't just go away because that was both Picard's wish. He's like, my wish is you go away, leave, just get out of here. And uh, he's like, oh, that wouldn't be enough. No, there must be something you desire, something you want. And um, and uh, they start talking about the speech that Picard's supposed to give. And he's like, oh, yeah, I read it. It's dull, plodding, pedantic, much like you. And he's like, I could help you with it. And he's like, have you even ever been to the ruins on Targus 3? And uh, and he's like, well, no, they've been closed off for a century. And he's like, well, I could take you there. And Picard is looking so tempted right now. He's just like, oh, I could, mm-hmm. he could take me there. That's true. He's like, no, I can't break the Targaryen law or whatever. Not Targaryen. What is it? It's yeah, Targaryen. Targaryen. We'll go with that. Um, he says, hey, well, what if I take you back in time when it wasn't forbidden and then you can go to it? And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. You should just go back in time. Yeah, go back Picard in time two billion it. years is Picard what it was. hates that- it. Yeah, that would have been badass. I would have done that. That would have been badass. That would have been a better episode. What if there were dinosaurs? It would have been cool. I don't think... Well, I guess there could have... Maybe they're dinosaur people. Who the fuck knows? You know, it was two billion years ago. But I like how Q's like, are they really knew how to party back then? (laughs) (laughs) He would know. He would know. He's very old. Uh, So Picard um, goes to see Vosh afterwards, too. We see this, this... Fucking Picard, like, walking down the hallway, one of his uh, crewmates, just some yellow shirt guy walks by, oh, hello, Captain. Um, so he just continues walking past him, and then when the guy's gone, he, like, doubles back, and he just rings Vosh's doorbell. Like, he can't even let somebody see him ring Vosh's doorbell. No wonder she's pissed off. <laughs> but he's like, uh, ring, ring, and she's like, who is it? He's like, it's me. Who? John, John Luke, <laughs> like, whispering into the door. And so she lets him in and um, he tries to apologize and, and say, like, I just want to tell you, of course, I'm I'm not embarrassed of you. It's just, you know, uh, and then he sees he looks over at her coffee table and he sees this map of the ruins on Tagus three. And he's like, wait a minute. You didn't uh, come here to see me at all. And she's that, like, yes, I did. Not just not entirely. That crafty Vash. She's back up to her old tricks. You can't take the horse away from water, I think, is the expression. That's true. (laughs) That's true. It's not. Definitely not. (laughs) It's close enough. Anyway, so he uh, he's just like, "Uh uh-huh. And so he starts looking around her quarters and he brings up this like surveying thing and this shovel. And he's like, well, these will have to be confiscated. And she's like, oh, you're no fun. (laughs) (laughs) This The rest of the episode should have been this stuff. This stuff's good. This stuff is good. Oh, but um, they they just get into a little tiff and and she's like, well, I can't change who I am. This is who I am, who is a treasure hunting uh, thief. <laughs> and he's like, well, I can't change who I am. I guess we're at an impasse. And he's like, goodbye then. And uh, he leaves. And Vosh just like sits down like, oh. but in the background, we see Q's head pop through the <laughs> ceiling, looking around. Q, what are you doing in like, the I got ceiling. an idea now. Why so are we... you in the ceiling, bro? 
Now we have the best scene in the episode, which is where Q pops into Picard's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Picard oh, goes, Picard crawls into his bed, and then Q just like pops in next to him, and he like lifts up the covers, and he's like, "Oh, you're sleeping alone, huh?" And starts to be like, "I know about your girlfriend," and and he's like, "Shut up! I don't have a girlfriend. I don't know what you're talking about. What woman? Shut up!" <laughs> and he's like, "I finally found your weakness." And he's just this is where he starts to turn into like the I'm a bad villain, and I've always been trying to find your weakness for years now, Picard. But it was this woman all along. He also says too, if he'd known, he would have appeared as female, which is a whole different thing to think about. I <laughs> wish. I wish he had just turned into a hot babe with the big honkers. Oh, they didn't have the budget, I guess. I guess they're cowards. They're just cowards to not do that. But um, I wish they, I wish they did that, but they still kept John Delancey's voice. Well, obviously, <laughs> yeah, of course. Could you just pitch shift it a little bit to make it sound a little more female? <laughs> um. <laughs> God, I can't stop laughing at that image. Uh, so, Picard's basically telling him to fuck off. Um, he's like, just, just leave me alone. I don't want anything to do with this. But, but, but Q's like, well, this is going to be your weakness. This is going to be your downfall, Picard, is this love thing. You can't trust it. You know, you should see the look in your eyes. You're just defeated around her. And and he's like, no, it's fine. And and he's like, well, maybe I should help you out by turning her into an eel. And Picard's like, don't you touch her. Immediately no. protective. He doesn't want her to be an eel. Doesn't want that. He wants to. He wants to keep her safe. But uh, but he's like, "Are you sure? I I could do lots of stuff." And the card's like, "No, just go away." So he leaves. He's like, "Ah, oh, it's your wish, then. Fine." Um. So the next day, Picard is presenting his speech at the conference, and uh, he's only just starting. But all the bridge crew members sitting in the back row are suddenly having like costumery put on them, like hats and a uh, a hood, and and a. Riker gets a big staff and they're like, what the fuck is happening? And the audience, like during Picard's speech, starts to murmur among themselves. And he's like, what, what are you guys murmuring about? Somehow suddenly... Picard doesn't notice this, by the way. Picard doesn't he's... notice that Data has suddenly gained a giant meat on bone. Like the, <laughs> one that Digi- the one that Digimon eat every day. He's got a big old turkey leg. It's good. Um, <laughs> this is just a rent fair. Uh, but Picard is like, what, what are you guys all murmuring about? And then suddenly he's in a Robin Hood outfit. He's like, wait, what the hell? And he woof, disappears. And suddenly the whole bridge crew is there, disappeared off to Sherwood Forest. Which they talk about. They're like, oh, I guess this is Sherwood Forest. <laughs> well, first somebody says, uh, this doesn't look like a Targus 3. And he's like, no, this is, there's no oaks on Targus 3. This is uh, this has got to be Sherwood Forest. And I'm Robin Hood. And then mm-hmm. we get... Well, they'll really get somebody read this war flight for me, like McFeely, maybe. <clears throat> and I quote, Sir, I protest, I am not a merry man. It's... That was the one. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say that's where I had to pause it and laugh for a minute. It's he, like his I, delivery I, on it is I, immaculate. I gotta, I gotta give him credit, he acted the hell out of this shit. <laughs> he really is the highlight of this whole episode. It's so good. I, I just love how he's he's just like indignant. He's like he's not mad about the whole situation. He's had it, he's mad about the insinuation that he, <laughs> a Klingon warrior, could be a merry man. <laughs> so yeah, and he's good. he's mad that he has a hat and he throws his hat on the floor. Yeah, he literally <laughs> he throws this. his hat on the ground. I will not be a fool for Q. 
oh it's so good um and but data like comes up after he says uh, he's not a merry man and he's like actually war if you do appear to be william scarlet and uh so and so is this that, that and points out who everybody is um no we've already... that's not true because crusher and troy don't get to be anyone no because they're women silly they don't get to they, be characters they don't have a character they're just hanging out they're just the extras in the, the band of merry men um yeah i don't actually know robin hood well enough to know there was a william scarlet and in, in the that gang like, i don't know any of them except for <laughs> i guess sir lancelot is not one of them <laughs> no, sir lancelot was not there uh in the in the robin hood um, he could have been what if he was he, next door you know it wasn't wasn't robin hood in ivanhoe I, I think I, I think I learned that from Wishbone. Did you guys ever watch Wishbone? That was a good show. I did not watch Wishbone. <sighs> was that a Wishboner? Vaguely. I think it was just. I think uh, it was it was something that would just be on TV sometimes, but I yeah. didn't seek it out. I, same, but I would watch it when it was on because I was like, "Oh, this dog is teaching me about literature." That, that was the show. If anybody's out there not listening, or if anybody's listening and doesn't know, Wishbone was a PBS show in America where it was this little Jack Russell Terrier dog who uh, loved books and would take you through the books. Like basically, this episode, you know, you would go back to be Robin Hood. There was a Robin mm-hmm. Hood episode. I'm pretty sure there was an Ivanhoe episode. I don't remember, but I liked that little dog. He loved reading. You know, it's so, like uh, it's like Ghostwriter, but yeah. with a dog. Is Wishbone like uh, Reading Rainbow at all? I never watched Reading Rainbow. I don't think so. Okay, I don't remember. I think I'm too. I was too young to remember what Reading Rainbow was actually like. I mean, it was basically just Jordy uh, LaForge telling you about books and reading. Now, yeah. Now, Eureka's Castle, that was a show. Oh, my goodness. No, um, Wishbone was more like a, like a Disney Channel show, I want to say. Like how they all have their kind of contained sitcom family deals. And Wishbone had a family. But, like, while having a family, he just would think to himself about this literature. And, like, mm-hmm. then there would be, like, a, a parallel plot happening in real life with the story. Huh. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was a good show. I don't know. It was a... No, I'm sure. Props to Wishbone. <laughs> anyway, some douchebag on a horse with a sword shows up and Worf starts to fight him. Oh, we didn't mention, too, uh, Little John is Riker and Friar Tuck is Data. And then uh, and then Crusher and Troy don't have characters. Little John is here? Yeah, Little John. <laughs> yeah. Little John. Yay. What? What? Oh, no, is that is that Wheezy? Never mind. Go ahead. Oh, and um, before just somebody too, but I don't remember who he was. He's got a loot though. That's important. He's the bard, whoever he is. Yeah, he's got a name, but it's uh, I don't remember what it was. But he has a loot, and that matters for a later scene. (laughs) So anyway, some douchebag on a horse with a sword shows up. Worf starts to fight him. Worf just fucking charges at him too. It's really good. Worf's like, I got a horse with a sword here. I got a sword too. I'm gonna fucking kick his ass. He doesn't care about high ground advantage. He's going for it. A Klingon warrior never cares about high ground advantage. Uh, and But he also, the other guy has a bunch of archers too, so they all run off into the forest. And Worf wants to keep fighting, but Picard's like, that's an order, Mr. Worf. And they run off. 
So they finally rest up in the forest. Crusher's treating Worf's arm wound, and um, they hear a horse hoofs off in the distance, and Q appears as the High Sheriff of Nottingham, and Picard's like, what the fuck is this shit, Q? This is so stupid. Can we go home? And he's like, Q, well, you can... Q, he's got such a pretty white horse with blue clothes on it. It's so pretty. I love it's his a, horse. It's a nice horse. Of course, he gives himself the nice horse. Yeah, it matches his uh, his outfit. It's good. Yeah, he, he has his, his blue outfit. Um, but uh, Q's like, oh, well, you can refuse to play my game and your crew will be returned to the Enterprise at noon tomorrow. But however, if you do that, nobody's going to rescue Maid Marion from getting her head chopped off. And Picard's just like, no, you can't. And he's like, that's right. Vosh is in trouble. Ha, ha, ha. And he this his is mustache. this is where I start to tune out of the episode. By the way, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, that's very reasonable. This is where I'm like, uh oh. I don't know how this was not a better episode. Oh, like, you know, really. this is, also this is between the last scene and this one. They did a crossfade, which was very interesting to me. You don't see that one very often. Like they weren't doing anything with like their scenario right like it wasn't like they're really having fun with it besides worth being worth um <laughs> it's mainly them just hanging around in you know medieval times and picard just goes over and tries to rescue her and it fails and i don't know it's just, it's just like they don't really do anything interesting at any point well, and it's also uncharacteristic, too, because, like, would they really just be sitting around there doing nothing? But I guess I guess they know there's nothing they can do because Q has transported them to wherever this is. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like everybody's like, whatever, we're just hanging out in Sherwood Forest. Yeah, no. I, it, 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 hearing them describe that this episode was, like, fun to make makes sense because it seems like they just all got to hang around, eat pizza offset, and then <laughs> hang around in a Red Fair costume. Yeah. We did, we did get a couple comedy scenes that were good too. I mean, they were trying to be good. It doesn't really work. It does. It doesn't really work when you're just forcing the comedy out too much. It just. I don't know. But um, we see uh, we we switch scenes to see Vosh pacing around the castle in her maid Marion outfit, and her attendant thinks she's gone mad because she's like, Call, "Stop calling me Marion. My name is Vosh." And she's like, "Oh no, I have to go get the leeches." So she um, the attendant goes to leave, but this guy, the one from the horse, the douchebag. Who's Sir Guy of Guyswood or something? <laughs> what a name, Sir Guy. <laughs> guy is a name. You can't say it's not. Guy is a name. Many people have been named Guy, but Sir Guy comes in, and he's just like, "Oh, have you reconsidered a marriage proposal?" And she just slaps him across the face, and he's like, "Well, fine. Then the execution will proceed tomorrow." And she's like, "Wait, what? What execution? There's going to be an execution?" And he's like, "Pretending to be insane will not save you from death, uh, made Marion or whatever." And and she's like, "Wait, it's my execution?" And she's like, "Hang on, we were we were being a little hasty here. Come sit down with me. Let's let's talk this over." And he's just like, "Oh, oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? He doesn't mind. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, she's talking about what he wants." So we get we're back to the fucking gang in the fucking forest, and Jordy's playing his loot. And this is, I guess, a reference to Animal House. But um, Jordy is uh, playing his lute and Worf walks over, takes it from him and smashes it into a tree then hands it back to him and just said, sorry. <laughs> is that from Animal House? I read in Mamre Alpha that that was an homage to National Lampoon's Animal House. I have not seen that movie, so I will take it to for it. I have not seen that movie in so long, but that's that, I guess that would line up. That makes sense. It does seem like a very Animal House joke. Um. 
So we also see Troy like trying to figure out how to shoot an arrow and she like is aiming at this tree. And we, the, the, like the editing here on this, uh, the cuts are, are comedic because we see her looking at the tree, looking at the tree, she fires the arrow and it's not in the tree. And then we see it sticking out of Data's chest. <laughs> it's, wah, fine. Wah. it's fine. He is. He's like, he pulls it out. He's like, oh, that's fine. And he tells her like, oh, it pierced my third connector above the, but it doesn't seem to have affected my, my mortar function. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Data. So uh, back at the castle, Vosh is snuggling up to Sir Guy and, and Q learns that they're planning to be married tomorrow. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? That's not right. She's supposed to get executed. So he's trying to convince Sir Guy because he already told Picard to that, that he set this whole thing up to be beyond his control. It's got a life of his own now or whatever. Um, but he's trying to convince Sir Guy like, no, this is just a ploy. You know, she's in love with Robin Hood. Everybody in Nottingham knows it. And she's like, well, that is a lie. He used a magic spell to make me think he was in love with him. And he's like, oh, I knew it. That Robin Hood adds sorcery to his list of charges. It's true. <laughs> but Sir Guy has her escorted back to her room. And uh, and Q is just like, she's very intriguing. Um, and we see some, some guy in the background hobble forward. And, it was Picard all along. I like that what? you can't even like see him at first. You just hear, rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> i didn't even hear that i just saw the camera focus on him and i'm like wait who's that guy in the background <laughs> oh my god it was picard so later picard appears at uh vasha's window to rescue her and she's like oh it's john luke what the hell is happening here and, and he's like oh this was all set up by an old nemesis of mine q he doesn't say nemesis what does he say an old uh adversary his old adversary q is what old he says buddy <laughs> yeah they're great friends great buddies uh she's like he's like but i'm here to rescue you so don't worry about it well let's just get out this window here and she's like wait it, it's just you alone like that's the escape plan one one guy against the entire castle and he's like yes that's right let's go and she's like wait a minute hang on a second we could die let's uh Look, let's think this out a little bit the window is right here this on, drove lady. me insane this was the worst part where they're just like a foot away from the episode and they're both like having a little tiff here for zero reason well she knows that like it's not as simple as just leaving the castle somebody's gonna notice you escape they're gonna go after them it's just the two of them you know they could get killed I don't know. she's not wrong i guess but it also seemed to be about as simple as picard just getting into the window also <laughs> yeah that's true that's also true that's true um i like <laughs> when he's like peeking out the window he's like I'm in the window. Hey, hold on. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll help. <laughs> it's hard to climb up a window. Probably. I don't know. But uh, she refuses to go with him. She's like, no, I'll find my own escape. And she's, she's like, oh, I'll marry Sir Guy if I have to. Uh, and he's like, what? You can't do that. But he gets fed up and he just like puts her over his shoulder. And uh, that's just as Sir Guy and his guards happen to come in. And, and she immediately like, like Picard sets her down and she pulls his sword on him as like, ha, I got this for you as a wedding present, sweetie. <laughs> it's it's very comical how he just picks her up over his shoulder and then the door opens and he spins around still holding her. That's, yeah, I like, love that. That was great. That was a good bit. That was a good bit. He's like, oh, crap. <laughs> it's the fuzz. Um, so Q is sitting outside of the room as they, they take Robin Hood away to be uh, executed. And he congratulates Sir Guy on his snare. 
And Sir Guy tells him, oh, Marion deserves the credit. Uh, she's, she actually pulled his own sword on him. And he was even more fascinated by Vosh. So in her room, Marion Vosh calls for her attendant to tell, uh, tell her to deliver a message that she's writing to Robin Hood's men. And I really like her attendant being like, oh, but ma'am, it's late and there's robbers out there and I will get lost because it's dark. Like she has so right. many reasons to not fucking go to that forest. <laughs> but she's like, no, you have to go tell him or they'll execute him. But uh, unfortunately, she's interrupted by Q coming into the room as, as the high sheriff of Nottingham, who she doesn't know yet. But she right. realizes immediately as soon as he says the word John Luke. She's like, oh, you're Q. And he's like, that's right. And he goes, what's this letter? And he reads it. And he's like, ha, huh, you were going to have his people rescue him. And so he calls for the guards and says, arrest this treasonous woman. Oh, man. I, I, I don't know what Q is really doing at this point in the story, to be honest. He's just hanging out. But you know what I mean? Like, what is yeah. like, how do, what does this have to do with any of like his motivation throughout the earlier parts of the episode where he's trying to like. I don't know. What is he doing right well, now? Well, he's stuck in a castle all night. He's got to do something. He's like, so bored. I thought I thought the whole point of this was that, like, oh, he's trying to get uh, Picard and her to kind of together or to get the get the, the flame going. But why is he all of a sudden, like, now stopping her from keeping the story going and trying to get her executed? Well, because he's not actually trying to get them together. What his, he's trying to do is... Uh, He's trying to demonstrate to Picard that love is a dangerous thing by putting her in mortal danger so that he has to put himself in mortal danger and that somebody could potentially be killed trying to rescue her. Like, that's yeah. his whole idea. And so she has to be on that executioner's block to stir that emotion in Picard is, is yeah, what he's you're, thinking. You're right. You're right. But it would be much funnier if he just let the marriage happen. <laughs> like, it doesn't that have would to be, be an execution. Funnier. That would be funnier if that made Picard even more mad. Like, no, you can't marry that guy. He sucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the next day um and this is the story too just like one point to another we just move along there's no reasoning for anything things just happen but the next day they're both being brought down for execution they're bickering the entire way like th this episode is trying so hard to be a farce and it's just stupid i don't know mm, it's kind of good i kind i i kind of <laughs> like this Oh no! I agree. No, this is a farce. Uh it is. It's very farcical. But they're just bickering. They're like, she's like, "This is all your fault." And he's like, "My fault? If you hadn't pulled my sword on me." <laughs> she's like, "No, this is your fault because I, I would have been able to be free." And I'm not. And they just bicker all the way down to the executioner's block where they're sitting in front of Q and Sir Guy, and Q's just like, "Ah, you guys are gonna die now." <laughs> I don't even remember what he says, but it was very like dastardly. Yeah, he loves executing his dolls. I guess he would don't he would go through with it too, is the thing. He's a fucked up guy. I he, don't know. He likes Picard too much. He does, he's, but he's, to he's him secretly he's he's not admitting how his favorite friend is Picard. Yeah, but like he's so old, right? So like Picard's life is insignificant to him. He actually, I think that's one of the things he says is, "Are you prepared to end your insect life or something like that?" Because that's all he we are to Q as humans is just insects, basically. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think he would just as soon watch Picard die and be like remembering him fondly, you know, of all the good times they had together. 
That's true. He could just he also could just bring him back to life. I'm pretty sure he has that power. You, you can yeah. just do whatever he wants arbitrarily. Yeah. Yeah, he's just got fucking god powers. Like he can do whatever. <laughs> he can so, make Wesley big. <laughs> he, did, he did do that. And any day now, Wesley's gonna fill out. Um, so the Enterprise crew, <laughs> the Enterprise crew is here to disguise as monks uh, to rescue them, and they're like whispering amongst themselves, like, "Oh, there's too many people, Data. We need a distraction." And so we see fucking Data opening up his arm and like pulling something out of his arm, just like little metal balls. What does he got in his arm? Uh, some that's the Jumbobanizer. That's his marbles. He's, he keeps his marbles in there. I guess he's got I his little. I don't know. He's got his little, just in case he needs explosives, he's got them in his arm. I assume it's some component he has, like, that's got phosphorus or something in it that'll react to fire. That was my impression. That Yeah, just like something he could make combustive if he wanted to. Yeah, because he just walks over and he throws it in a brazier. I mean, not a brazier, a brazier. <laughs> Mer. That's a word that you, you read a lot more than you say, and sometimes <laughs> it doesn't come out of your mouth right. Um I don't think I don't think data should be putting that in anyone's brazier. <laughs> it would be fine. As long as there's no fire, it wouldn't explode. But it does it's explode good, on the actual a, fire. It would make a good piercing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's not it doesn't have any pointy bits to put in a hole, but okay. It's got the middle part. Uh, I guess. Anyway, they created the diversion and immediately we do this uh old adventure movie fight scene where everybody's got swords and they're sword fighting and Picard gets to fence Sir Guy and he's he's all happy about it. He's like, yeah, I'm yes. gonna kick your ass. This, finally, like, finally, that fencing room and the Enterprise <laughs> paid off. I was also thinking about the fencing room. Picard's like, ah, he doesn't know about my fencing room. <laughs> and they have the most stilted fucking line to where uh sir guy tells him like i'm the best uh swordsman in all of nottingham and like a minute passes of various things happening in that fight scene and we kind of forget about him and saying that line before picard says oh yeah well i've got something to tell you i'm not from nottingham Ooh, got but it's so long some so much time passes between those two lines that you have to think for a minute like what the fuck is he talking he's not from of course he's not from nottingham he's from the enterprise Someone writing this show really liked Macbeth, I guess. Oh, is that a Macbeth thing? Where they were like, no one born from woman can harm Macbeth. He's like, oh, yeah, well, I was C-sectioned out. So technically, I was not born. And oh, that's, God is that's how Macbeth died. Oh, I, that's a spoiler. Yeah. I didn't. I learned more about Macbeth than I ever knew. Mm-hmm. Well, not more than I ever knew. It doesn't. No, wait. That's. I was. It's okay, where, I'm laughing um... to myself because I was just confusing Macbeth with Oedipus in my head. I was like, was wasn't Macbeth ah. the one that fucks his mom? Wait a minute. That's not right. No, Macbeth is the one without damn spot. What? Out, yeah. out, damn spot. That's what Lady Macbeth says when she's washing the blood off. Yeah. Oh, I really don't know shit about Macbeth. I should watch a Macbeth. You should watch Macbeth in space. They should do that episode. That'd be better than Robin Hood, probably. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah, because we would get the scene where the trees are moving. And they're, and Macbeth is looking like, how are these trees moving? Uh-oh. Was this was acid? in the prophecy. 
<laughs> no, it was it was just guys wearing tree costumes. What the fuck? What was they were wearing their looking? they were wearing their ghillie suits, you know. <laughs> like these, I mean, he I feel really. Like you're making this up. I feel like no. This... <laughs> Shakespeare really had some cool prophecy ideas he wanted to get out. <laughs> I should read more Shakespeare, man, or watch some plays or something. That's pretty good. You know, and I never really like I've seen one Shakespeare performance in my life. I think it was um Love's Labor's Lost. That's what the name was. It was uh basically four weddings at a funeral in the, the hmm. film form. Um I mean the the theater form, but like I didn't realize until actually seeing the actors perform how how comical Shakespeare was was at writing. You know, it takes the performance yeah. to get. Oh, he's out. a he's a funny guy. He's yeah, extremely it's, funny. You know the jokes. Yeah, it, it's hard when you have to translate everything in your head to understand what he's talking it's, about. It's hard reading just like raw ass Shakespeare because, like, obviously a lot of it does not come through the same way it was probably intended to. Yeah, when there's like, oh, pray thee, I have besaken the bum of the farting. There, oh, you're like, oh, haha, I get it. And so much of that stuff is like meant to be in the performance and not just like from the script you're reading, where like it doesn't always come across as like, oh, this is like meant to be funny. But yeah, no, Shakespeare is genuinely pretty funny. Yeah, it seems like through the centuries, people have just had to have that direction to it, like to tell their actors, like, no, this is supposed to be a comedy line. This is the funny part. Like, like some director saw this years ago and now he knows and that's going to be seen by other people and it's just going to be passed on. Like, this is how this is supposed to be read. Because you can't tell from the script. <laughs> Where yes. were we? Uh, yes. This was just after Picard did a tope con hilo on two guys. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? That's when, wrestling. You, that's when you jump out of the ring and land on guys. Oh, I saw, I totally missed that. But Worf gets to kill a couple guys. He's just slashing two guys at once with a sword. Jordy even gets to kill a guy. He just plunges his sword right into him. Yeah, like it's, it wasn't it nice of Q to let them murder some people. Crusher. It's, it's and, really uh, good that all of the bridge crew have been doing their fencing, I guess. Crusher Except and for Troy Crusher and Troy. They're, yeah. they're only allowed to hit people with pots. No, they killed them. Are you kidding me? Those are Those are hard pots they're throwing at people. They did like bang them really good into their heads. I, I they're probably at least concussed at the very minimum. Uh, but you know the funny note about that one is that of that crew, um, of the cast rather of the show, the only two who were actually trained in sword fighting were Marina Sirtis and Gates McFadden. Yay! <laughs> and they weren't allowed because they were women to use the swords. I think that is very funny. That's wow. uh, this episode is sexist. This oh this episode may have been accused of sexism by some people. Who, who I can't imagine why they would do that. No, that that's a particularly funny one. Let your female characters fence. There's nothing wrong with that. It's cool. Fools. It, it is cool. I don't know why they would just do that. There's not in character for them to use a sword. Especially Crusher. She's been allowed to kick ass in the past. Yeah. I'm a doctor, not a swordswoman. <laughs> Um, and meanwhile, throughout all this, Q is just eating this this big turkey leg, like turkey wing or whatever, watching Riker fight with his staff. And he's just like, mm, yeah, this, this fight's going well. Oh, so yeah. Picard... Riker, Riker's here fighting with his giant stick. Like, I guess Riker's been training on how to fight with really big sticks all this time. 
Well, isn't this ba- okay? Didn't he do this with his that episode with his dad? What was that called? Uh, oh, you're right. The Ambujitsu. Yeah. Ambujitsu. Oh my yeah. god! It's all been leading to this. Holy crap! Oh, even like the same god. size and everything. Yeah. Yeah. All he, his life, he's been preparing for this moment. I wasn't even for- thinking about that. Holy he shit! Forgot his VR hat though. Uh, he got to watch his head. It's dangerous. You have to make do in these harsh medieval times. <laughs> he should have just grabbed a pot and put it on there. Same difference. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Q's just watching all this. And um, Picard, meanwhile, gets to do his line that I, I said earlier as he stabs Sir Guy in the in the gut and kills him. Like, I get literally all of this stuff happened between those two lines. It's the stupidest fucking joke. Okay, whatever. Um, so... Uh, he he's like, okay, I've won, and now he chases off to rescue Vash, who's been led up to the stairs, uh, up, or she ran up the stairs away from the fight, I think, or something. He chases. Yeah, she off. ran up the stairs, and she pushed one of the guards off of the edge. That was funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, she um she runs up there. Picard runs after her, and they do this heroic smooch, like I've rescued you, and she's like, oh, and he just yells, "It's over, Q, get us out of here." And Q appears before him and does like the slow clap. Congratulations, you did it. But now I hope you see, like, even though your crew is totally fine and not injured, and also you are, I hope you see the dangers of love. And it's a weakness. And Vosh is like, no, it's not a weakness at all. He's brave and no, he's got nobility and he's just the bestest ever. And Picard's like, yeah, see, see. He's like, oh, stupid. I hate this. I'm done, I'm done with this. And he's it was snapped. the power of friendship. <laughs> Q is just over it. Uh, honestly, he maybe he's a little jealous because he seems kind in Davosh. But um, he snaps Picard back to the the ship. Picard reappears at the conference with all of his bridge crew, but Vosh is not there. And none of the council are there. Everyone is gone. I know. What they happened all at the conference? They well, after everybody they disappeared, they probably left. Yeah, they left <laughs> them back to their rooms. Maybe what? they're at ten forward hanging what? out. Like, what? Where would everybody yeah, fucking go? That was weird. Maybe is there a search party for Picard <laughs> hanging out? Somebody just went to go report this to Starfleet, I guess. I don't know. But they've been in there for hours. Like it's been like I think days at this point. So of course the, the audience has gone home. They're not waiting around. Well, I thought so maybe, they waited around for like four hours and that was well, I it. Thought, you thought maybe they would come back and no time has passed and everyone's like, Whoa, what are you talking about? No one ever had a hat. No, Q would not do that. Q's more for the keeps. Q, play, Q plays for keeps. Um, so they're worried about Vash, though, especially Picard. So later uh, in the captain's ready room, he's like pacing around and she reappears in a safari outfit. Which if we failed to mention Q's safari outfit earlier where he was like, I could take you to the ruins of Targa 3. And then he just like on the couch that in the ready room, like appears in a safari outfit, lounging back. Worth mentioning. It'll be very relevant. <laughs> it will be really very relevant because now Vash is here in a safari outfit and she tells Picard that Q and she had something to discuss. Uh, but she says, at least his little game did prove that you still have feelings for me. And he's like, well, of course I do. I just because I can't show my feelings to my crew doesn't mean I don't have them. And he, he like goes to smooch your face. And, and he's like, so where are you off to next? And she's like, oh, well, you know, I haven't decided. And Q appears next to Picard on the sofa in a matching safari outfit. What? And he's a uh, he's like ah oh, she could go anywhere in the universe and um Picard learns that he's offered her a partnership 
and she's taken him up on it because that's a really that's a pretty good offer, right? So this is extremely out of character for Picard too, where he's just not like throwing down his fucking lack of a hat and being like, "Excuse me, no, this is not happening." Instead, he's just like, "Oh, you don't want to do that. That guy sucks." Well, what's he gonna do about it, though? That's that is true. I think he could try harder to convince Vosh and like actually tell her all of the things that Q has done. There's no time. And we we got to wrap, wrap this, up. this episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so instead, instead, he's just like, it's like cue then to fulfill your, uh, your, um, what was it? Payback to me. Then you make sure she comes to no harm. And he's like, of course. And I, I just love too Q sitting on the couch next to Vosh. Like the, the conclusion of this episode is that Q has cucked Picard. Yay. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you know, we don't know that it's a romantic relationship. She just this is a business uh, partnership almost. Oh, they're yeah. gonna be doing business. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> but um, the, Picard and Vosh do have a, a kiss send off after uh, Q leaves to give them some privacy. But as they go in for the kiss, Q reappears and, and they're like, "What? What?" He's like, "Ah, I forgot my hat." Ha ha. Hey, that's a great joke. <laughs> anyway, that's a that's the fucking episode. It was all right. Episode. Was it all right? I don't know. I don't know. I've I've seen worse. That's true. That's we didn't true. even they... go to space Africa. It in this mainly one. just feels like wasted potential for both Vosh and definitely for Q. Yeah, I just feel like the writing just needed to be better. You know, because it it just yeah. feels very like I said, it feels like an AI generated fucking story. Things just happen for no rhyme or reason. Uh, I don't know. What was the moral here? What did we learn? Today, Picard will go to the medieval times and he will meet his old flame, Vash. Like, yeah, I I know what you mean by this being like AI generated. It's just like random elements of previous episodes and previous characters. It's being mishmashed with a weird setting that doesn't really fit the theme of anything. Yeah, or like it's like a fanfic episode of like, man, what if they went to the medieval ages and they got to be Robin Hood? That would be badass. But here it is on the TV. Yeah, you know, there there have been worse, and I'm sure there will be worse. Not many, they but yeah. All, they can't all be winners. Not many, but it's true. Uh, but next week, we should have a pretty good episode where we take things uh, much less farcically. We're going to be talking about the drumhead, um, which is a much less black, of a farce episode. It's a Black Mirror episode. Ooh, is it? Yeah. The Drumhead Black it? Mirror. I don't think that's a... Am I making that up? I think you're making that up, because if I search for that, it comes up with Aquarian Reflector Black Mirror Drumhead. <laughs> it's apparently a drum part. Am I making this up? Am I... I can't be making this up. Well, it's Let's... definitely a TNG episode. Oh, no, no, no. Metalhead. Excuse me. Ignore haste. Okay. Done and done. Hey. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. If I wanted to ignore you, I wouldn't do a podcast with you. That would be silly. <laughs> It'd be a weird podcast. <laughs> it would be a very awkward podcast. Uh, I love you, Case. I love you, Priest. Thank you guys out there for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email them to us at beamedasickbay at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And um, we don't have to ever talk about Cupid again. Did you know about the drumhead? It says in 2020. Games Radar recommended watching this episode prior to viewing Star Trek Picard. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is me lore uh, important. 
uh, yeah. later down the line. Hey, I've heard that Star Trek Picard season three is actually really good. I that's what the, watched, that's what the rumblings have been. I watched the first episode and I, you know what? I started liking it. I, you know, I, I skipped over the first two seasons because, it, you know, I didn't hear anything good about them. But the third, the third season episode one, you know, they got, <laughs> they got me with the, the computer looking like the TNG computer. I was, I was like, that's the computer. It's, that's what it looks like. <laughs> McFree's just pointing at his screen like, oh, I know that one. You know, it was compared to Star Trek Discovery, it was a lot better. So. I, I I've heard that this has a uh, different set of writers than the majority of the uh, Star Trek stuff that's been re- written up till now, which would make sense, I guess. Just this season of Picard or Picard in general? This season of Picard. OK, OK, because I was going to say the last couple seasons of Picard, I've heard very bad things about, so. That's good. Mm-hmm. I should watch some of that someday. Like, I, I keep meaning to check out Strange New Worlds too, and Paramount Plus keeps advertising it to me, and I'm like, yeah, maybe one day Paramount Plus, maybe one day. Maybe one it. day, but not today. I need to watch more of The Expanse also. But, yeah. but anyway, Star Trek. That's uh, next week, The Drumhead, so uh, stay tuned. Looking Bert. forward to it. Thank you so much, Mert. Have See you good. next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.